You are listening to us, Unscripted Stories, brought to you by Northwestern University's Multicultural Student Affairs. We are recording at the traditional homelands of the people of the Council of Three Fires, the Ojibwe, Potawatomi, and Adawa, as well as the Menominee, Miami, and Ho-Chunk Nations. Welcome to uh, another episode of um, Us Unscripted Stories. My name's Aaron Golding. I'm an assistant director here in Multicultural Student Affairs at Northwestern University, and I'm very excited to welcome our next guest, one of our newer uh, graduate assistants who's been with our office for a, a few months now and um, is also studying here at Northwestern. Um, Lupita, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Lupita Gonzalez. I use she, her pronouns. I'm a first-year graduate student in the Documentary Media Program here at Northwestern University, where I'm also a graduate assistant for Multicultural Student Affairs, and I work primarily with the Latinx student population on campus. Great. Thank you. Lupita, can you tell us a little bit about um, what you're studying at Northwestern? I'm a Master of Fine Arts student um, in the Department of Radio, Television, Video, and Film. The program is in documentary media, and I come from a background of film and media studies um, as an undergraduate. That was my degree. My emphasis or my focus was in Latin American studies, so I'm really interested in themes and in topics of Latinx identity and culture in the United States, um, but also just like the larger diaspora. Where did you do your undergrad? I did my undergrad at the University of Oklahoma. I did a Bachelor of Arts in Film and Media Studies. It was largely like theoretical and analytical, studying film and media through like a historical lens, um, culturally, analytically, and a little bit of production work. But I really came to Northwestern um, to strengthen my technical skills and to take what I learned in theory and to put it to practice. Um, to tell story. So when you um, were doing your undergraduate work, did you know you wanted to be a storyteller? As an undergrad, at the same time that I was studying criminal justice, I was around like 18 years old. This was in 2015, 2016. And it was the first time I was eligible to vote. And I got involved with Bernie Sanders, his presidential campaign. Um, that was kind of my first step into like dipping my toes in the water of being politically engaged. Um, I did that on my campus as a freshman and a sophomore, registering students to vote and phone banks, campaign rallies. We worked really closely with the official campaign and, and kind of brought it to our university. And I think that was really integral, a really important part of my journey because it kind of enlightened a lot of things about not just the criminal justice system, but just the larger system as a whole that I, I think somewhere along the way it connected in my mind that the work that I was doing or, or what my studies were preparing me to do um, would not benefit communities like mine and in fact would harm communities like mine and perpetuate um, the systems that are in place. So I think I knew that I couldn't stay there, um, that I couldn't consciously like continue to do the kind of work that I was being prepared to do. Um, and then the other half of that was just having that urge that that desire to do something creatively and to do something where I would be able to express myself. Like activism and political engagement really, really influenced my decision to pursue a, a creative path. Do you feel like activism and creativity are kind of, do they go hand in hand for you? 
yeah, definitely. I think I'm most inspired by, um, and I, I think the people, the artists and the creatives that I look up to the most are people whose art is an inherently political. Um, and I think especially for black indigenous and other creators of color, like, there is no separating your identities from the work that you make. Um, it's a part of who you are. It informs the world and your experiences. And so I always think it's kind of funny. Like even when I was applying for this program, um, I had people ask me if, what kind of films are you wanting to make? Are you wanting to make things that are political in nature? And I think I would kind of chuckle at that because I thought, you know, anything that I make is going to be political because of the identities that I hold. There's a power in that. There's a power in creating art that is resistance in and of itself um, because of who's creating it. Yeah. saying you're a creative person what what kind of creative outlets I suppose mm -hmm. um did you engage with um before deciding to switch over to film yeah um you know I I grew up not really having um any kind of formal training in anything or any kind of like you know, my parents never bought me a camera. It's, I definitely don't have one of those backstories that's like, I was introduced mm -hmm. to this and I fell in love with this craft or, um, you know, I bought my first camera at this age or like I, I did writing workshops as a student or anything. Like I, I come from mm -hmm. an immigrant working class, low income family. I think my, my family, um, was very concerned with survival. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that's something that you see a lot is that when you're concerned with surviving, when you're concerned with meeting your basic needs, um, these kinds of things come after the fact. So yeah, I didn't really have any of that growing up. I, I think it's more so knowing that that's something that is innate in all of us as humans that we all need. Um, to express ourselves creatively. So I was always drawn to films. I was always drawn to books. I was always drawn to people's writing and, and drawings and paintings because I knew um, and I understood that art is survival um, just as much as anything else. You know, it has been the glue of human nature since the beginning of time. People have been telling stories um, painting them on the walls of caves or orally passing down history um, from generation to generation. It's not something that is new or that is, um, you know, confined within the, the means that we have mm -hmm. today of like digital storytelling. I like to think of storytelling as something that has always transpired um, and will always transpire. So um, when I think about it that way, I think, it's very unfair that um, the only people that should get to tell stories today are the people with the privilege, um, the access and the resources to tell those stories. Um, so yeah, I think for me, it's very empowering to think 
that even if I don't have that, um, you know, writing, writing down my own thoughts, writing down my experiences, um, drawing or making any kind of art is still art. Um, and it's still meaningful and it is still impactful and still has, um, the potential to reach people. It doesn't have to be financed in such a way that other mainstream art is. I don't know. I guess I'm just, um, very much a proponent of art being accessible. Yeah. And, you know, you see that reflected in a lot of the industries, the art industries, and especially the film industry. If you look at statistically, um, the demographic of directors, of producers, of these big studios and the people who are telling stories, um, in the documentary field, we, we ask ourselves who is telling whose story and to whom. And that is, um, very critical for us to think about. Yeah. And that, that's, that's just a really important point, right? I think, um, there's a lot of, I feel like conversation around like whose story is this particular story to tell. Right. And, um, often it's been folks not of the community coming in and, you know, helicoptering in with their camera gear and film gear and telling the story and then leaving and, and that's it, right? And the community, this story's out there. The person goes on to make money. Community doesn't really benefit, right? Right, yeah. Um, we call it extractive storytelling, like the extraction of natural resources, the way that um, these bigger powers, um, and especially like white um, colonial powers, go into different places around the world and extract resources um, and then just leave. So if we think about films and just storytelling in that way, um, especially as makers, like as, as media makers and storytellers, it's so important to ask ourselves if we're part, like participating in that or partaking in that because of the way that storytelling has been colonized. Like it's, I think it's something that whether we realize it or not, we can participate in if we're not careful. Um, so that's one of, another thing that I'm really passionate about is like, how do we decolonize storytelling? How do we tell stories in a way that's collaborative, making sure that um, the people whose stories we belong to have agency? So, so that I'm most inspired by those kinds of filmmakers and documentary that are taking a field that has very a very troubled, very um, harmful past and inverting that and saying, this is not how we're going to continue things. right that's that's present in in modern day storytelling and how it's created like you were sharing um you know who has access to the the means to be able to tell these stories um yeah if, if we're talking about decolonizing storytelling we also have to think about the industries that support these the ways stories are told um man that's that's really that's really interesting i hadn't thought about it that that way before and connected to with what you were saying earlier too around um, storytelling is, you know, means of communication. And for since 
time immemorial, right? For, since forever. And, you know, it it's become this thing that... It's so much today about, like, accolades and about prestige and status. Um, the way that filmmaking is used as a channel to, like, advance one's career and mm-hmm. oneself. Um, I think you see that a lot with, like, the Academy Awards and, like, Con and all these different kind of platforms for filmmakers. Um, and one of the most important things that I've learned just in my first quarter here in this program, um, I'm actually, I'm going to shout out my mentor, um, who's also another filmmaker of color in the second year of this program. One of the things that she told me that has really stuck with me is that documentary um, and just storytelling is community. Mm-hmm. It's all about community. Um, and when you look at filmmakers who kind of tell stories about a community um, and then at the end of the day, they are the ones who get all the recognition because their name is in the titles of the director. Um, they're kind of the voice of authority mm-hmm. on this particular story. Um, it doesn't really align mm-hmm. with that, you know, like it's, it's really about the people whose voices are being amplified. Um, they are the ones who are the storytellers. I think I have to remind myself, I I really have to be humble and I really have to remind myself that the most rewarding aspect of this work, the most rewarding aspect of storytelling is just getting to, first of all, listen to other people's stories and experiences, um, the privilege of getting to be let Mm -hmm. into that, and then the privilege of getting to work collaboratively with people to bring those stories Mm -hmm. to light. Um, That is the most beautiful thing, the most rewarding thing. And so... It, it really puts it into perspective and it makes it so that I'm not chasing industry mm-hmm. fame, but rather chasing um, human right. connection with people. Because, I mean, when you think about it, like stories, maybe a romantic way of thinking about storytelling, oral storytelling around a fire, everyone's sitting around, one person's telling the story, right? But that inherently is building community, right? It's building relationships. And I don't know, that's, that's a really beautiful way to think about it. Yeah, and when we think of indigenous ways of storytelling, um, indigenous ways of being, like I think that will be the most powerful reminder of what we should be doing with storytelling and, and the purpose that it should serve. Like you said, it is that is about community. Um, it's about bringing people together. Um, and I think that kind of gets lost in the midst of all the centering and uplifting of of the people with the resources and the, and the access to make the films. Cause when I see like a very um, critically acclaimed film, make it to an award show or get a lot of press, like I think to myself, okay, would somebody in this community that maybe didn't have the resources, could they have made a film? Could they have told a story that was just as impactful, mm-hmm. if not more? And the answer is always going to be yes nobody's more capable, more qualified to tell stories than the people in the community themselves. Um, so yeah, I think I, that's a really good point that you're making about if we can think of like, what is storytelling supposed to do? What is the purpose that it's supposed to serve? Um, and if we look at indigenous culture and indigenous communities, it is such a good indicator of that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Is there anything else when you think about kind of who you are as a storyteller? I'm definitely driven by, I'm driven by the conviction that 
stories are everywhere, that they're all around us, um, that, you know, stories exist in people without any kind of needing any intervention, really. Um, I think stories are there. And I think we, as audience members, um, as listeners, as viewers, and even as storytellers can benefit from listening to those as much as the people can benefit from having their voices mm-hmm. uplifted. So um, that's one thing that really drives me to do this work is knowing that there will never be um, a shortage of stories yeah. to tell. Well, this has been a really great conversation. Uh, my, my mind is swimming with ideas and thoughts. And so I just want to thank you for, um, for sharing with us today. Yeah. Thank you for having me and hosting me. Getting to be in conversation with people about it is also, you know, one of the best things about getting to do this work. So absolutely. Thank you for listening to us unscripted stories. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Support for this podcast is provided by Joe Scaletti, Emma Salam, Saeed Rezko, Sydney Hastings, and Jeanette Rojas. With support from Alicia Solier, Isabel St. Arnold, Aaron Golding, and Linda Luck. Subscribe to hear more from us.